Let's pray. Lord, as we come to your, to look at your word today, Lord, we ask again that as individuals and as your church, your Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts and shows us, Lord, things in our hearts that we don't see without your spirit, Lord, and show us where we need to repent and be led by you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we continue our series on the seven churches in Revelation today, and we look at the church in Sardis. We know little about the city of Sardis other than that it was known for its arts and crafts, especially its metalworks. And it was the first place in the world to mint gold and silver coinage. It prospered greatly for a time but was devastated by the great earthquake of 17 AD. Rome sent disaster relief, but even rebuilt Sardis never regained the status it once had. Revelation was written nearly 80 years after that quake. As far as the church in Sardis goes, we know little of it other than what is recorded here in Revelation. So let's begin reading from Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. And Jesus said to, to the angel or messenger of the church of Sardis, Write these things, says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. So Jesus has the seven spirits of God that were before the throne of God in Revelation 1. And as I said when I started the series, I don't understand what the seven spirits of God represent, but, but we know that Jesus has all seven, and Jesus gave and continues to give the Holy Spirit in person and in power to his church. Seven again, represents completion and that is integral to Jesus's message here because the church in Sardis we will find was incomplete and imperfect lacking life in the spirit Jesus also holds the seven stars which are the angels or the messengers of the seven churches and he said to the church of Sardis, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Now with each one of the churches before this, Jesus started off in the same way, listing their good works. And there were many good works listed in the churches before, even in those in need of repentance. Ephesus had had labor, patience, testing and discernment of spirits, perseverance. Smyrna had had tribulation and poverty, which was listed as good works, which were listed as good works because their tribulation and their poverty actually came from faithfully serving Jesus Christ. Pergamos or Pergamon had loyalty, boldness, and faithfulness. Thyatira had love, service, faith, and stamina, 
listed. But the church in Sardis, however, is the only church that was mentioned so far that had no godly works listed, proof indeed that it was dead. But they had a name or a reputation that indicated that they were alive. Perhaps they were called the first vibrant church of Sardis or something. Perhaps they were somehow well advertised, had the best artwork or, or something in town. And people were flocking to it. And they were growing in membership. And they probably felt very good about themselves. They had developed an awesome business model for a church. They had leaders with a plan, leaders who everyone wanted to emulate. They probably had lots of activity. They may have engaged even in social work. They were being noticed and perhaps even gaining members at the expense of other social organizations. You'll note this church was not being despised and persecuted like the other churches listed before in other cities. And that in itself is, is curious as Jesus had said that his followers would be persecuted. Well, the church of Sardis today would probably rep represent the entertaining and seeker-friendly churches, perhaps some of the mega churches, some of them grow massive from good motivational speaker pastors and, and from programs with positive thinking messages. Some have prosperity preaching and offer entertaining feel-good musical performances, but lack the true gospel message. Now I'm not saying that all mega churches are like that. Some of them grew that large from having the very best of godly preachers who were very doctrinally sound. But when I was young, I went to one which was not doctrinally sound. It was all about how God wanted to bless his people materially, follow their recommended steps, and you would reap God's material blessings. That church had been sidetracked from the true gospel, and they were dead as far as the living word went, as far as sharing the true gospel with others. They were actually living for something else, material prosperity, not Jesus. You know, I don't remember a single message uh, from the pastor of that prosperous and growing church, but I remember one story. I remember him recounting a story of him wanting to buy a particular style of sneaker for his son from a sports store in downtown Schenectady near that church. And the church owner didn't have that size that he wanted in stock. But when the pastor left and went outside, he noticed the same style being of sneaker displayed in the window, which looked like the shoe size of his son. So he went back inside the store and he demanded that the store owner sell him 
that pair of sneakers. Well, the store owner refused for some reason, probably because of the attitude of that pushy pastor. And the pastor told him that he would regret that. And the next Sunday, the pastor of this very large and prosperous church told all his congregants to boycott that little store because of what had been done. What power that pastor had, but what a terrible witness of Christ and the gospel. What I remember most was how angry that pastor was about not getting his way. I knew even as an 18 year old that there was something wrong with that picture. I wonder, would he have told his congregation to boycott God if he didn't get his way from him? Most churches like the one in Sardis started out doctrinally sound and on the right path, sharing the good news of Jesus. They started out in spirit but ended up in the flesh, much like the Galatian church, depending on temporal things and programs. The church I attended back when I was young depended on a very gifted pastor and his charisma and the false doctrine that he was promoting and conjuring up activity with. They also had a really good band and personal counselors on staff, but they had neglected dependence on the power of the Holy Spirit and the true eternal gospel of Jesus Christ. They had gone after a false temporal gospel that their flesh preferred. They wanted something right then and there that they did not have, and they were willing to compromise what was true and far better for what was dead and fleeting. The church in Sardis had no real godly works, but likely had lots of activity that looked like it had some social value. Yet it had no value in God's eyes. It had no value that counted toward eternity, no works of God. Ephesians 2.10 says this of Christians, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's a problem if you are a Christian or a church of Christians and you do not manifest works of God. It's a bigger problem when you believe you are alive based on your name or reputation or numbers or activity. In Jesus' assessment, the church in Sardis was dead. Something is wrong when the Christ you are supposed to be serving is alive and you are spiritually dead. Jesus told that church, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. That is strengthen any little good from God that remains. 
He said, for I have not found your works perfect or complete before God. Well, fortunate for that church, there were a few people who were still alive in Christ. There was a little faith left, but it was dying. Their little faith needed works, real spiritual works. As James 2.17 says, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. James went on, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. James says, show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Faith is worked out by spiritual works. It is worked out independent and depending on God's Holy Spirit in obedience and in action. Jesus goes on and tells those in the church of Sardis this. He says, remember therefore how you have received and heard. Well, how was that? How is that for everyone who has believed in Jesus? It's always the same. It is the same for us as it was for them. We all receive Jesus by grace through faith alone. In John 6, to 45, Jesus said, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Romans 10, 9-13 says this, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 1 John 4.10 says, In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Well, Jesus told the church in Sardis to hold fast to that. Hold fast to the gospel that they, that they once heard and repent. And repentance is key. And then Jesus added this warning, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief and you will not know what hour 
I will come upon you. Well, what is Jesus referring to there? He is referring to his coming back for his church. In Luke 12, 37 to 38, Jesus told his disciples, blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. First Thessalonians 5, 4 through 11 says, but you brethren are not in darkness so that this day should come, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. Well, obviously the church that Jesus is speaking to in Sardis had that problem that they were asleep that they were in darkness and Jesus was warning them against that Paul continues in verse 5 of first Thessalonians 5 you are all sons of light and sons of the day we are not of the night nor of the darkness therefore let us not sleep as others do but let us watch and be sober for those who sleep sleep at night and those who get drunk are drunk at night but let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet the hope of salvation for god did not appoint us to wrath but to obtain salvation through our lord jesus christ who died for us that whether we wake or sleep we should live together with him. Therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. In Matthew 24, 37 to 42, Jesus said, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away so also will be the coming so also will the coming of the son of man be then two men will be in the field one will be taken the other left two women will be grinding at the mill one will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Peter 3, 11, 14 says, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God? because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward 
to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. The church of Sardis was not without spot. The church of Sardis was so wrapped up in material blessings of the here and now that it had stopped watching and stopped longing for Jesus and his return. Because they were so wrapped up, they neglected and forgot the good news of Jesus. They stopped sharing that as their primary work. What is the good news of Jesus that they neglected and forgot? Well, it's best to go to Jesus and ask. And Jesus told us what it was in John three sixteen and 17. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God the Father sent his son Jesus Christ from his transcendent home into our material world that he made because he loved us and wanted us to live with him forever in a much better place. He wanted to save us from eternal death and make us like himself everlasting. And all we have to do for that privilege is to humbly go to Jesus. Sadly, however, many won't. Jesus told the Pharisees in John 5, 39 to 40, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. Well, Jesus' disciples were willing to come to Jesus. And when Jesus asked them if they were going to leave like the others, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And do you know what Jesus did for those disciples who believed. He opened their understanding that they might comprehend scriptures. And then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And he added this, And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Power from on high is part of the good news. It is part of the gospel. Power from God was given to Jesus' disciples to do the good works that God prepared beforehand for them to do. Divine power for godly work 
is part of the gospel. Again, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Well, after being endued with power, Jesus' disciples went as Jesus instructed them and preached. They preached, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. The gift is divine power for us in the here and now to do the good works that God has prepared for us to do. It is the power to live and the power to share the gospel even now through Jesus Christ. 1 John 4 9 says, By this the love of God is revealed in us, that God has sent his one and only Son into the world so that we may live through him. But we can only live through him because of the grace and the faith that God has given to us. Ephesians 2, 8-9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Jesus went on to the church in Sardis in verse 4, You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for revealing yourself to us. Lord, we thank you, Father, for drawing us to Jesus Christ, for opening our eyes, for giving us your Holy Spirit, Lord, and help us not to neglect the gospel. Help us not to forget it ever, Lord, and help us, Lord, to have the boldness given to us by your Holy Spirit to share the gospel with those that we come across as you instructed your disciples. Lord, help us to be faithful by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.